Welcome to Whānau Marama New Zealand International Film Festival podcast series for 2020. This podcast is a recording of the Q&A following the screening of New Zealand's Best at ASB Waterfront Theatre in Auckland on Saturday 25th of July. Festival director Martin Raybarts is in conversation with the directors of the short films in the collection. This podcast also includes the announcement of the New Zealand's Best Awards, the Creative New Zealand Best Film Award and the Madman Entertainment Emerging Talent Award. Don't we lead interesting lives? We have complicated childhoods. We have complicated love lives. Things stay complicated even as we age. Um, the great thing about complication is they make great drama. So, you know, congratulations to all of the filmmakers in the competition. Um, yeah. We do get to have a f ask them a few questions, talk a little bit about the making of the films. They are gathering over to the side, I believe. So I'm going to sit over here. I'm stand over here as I invite them forward. Um, Sian Elise White, where are you, Sian? <laughs> Director of Daddy's Girl. Do I have Anthea Williams, Director of Safety Net? Hi, Anthea. Anthea is one of the New Zealand filmmakers, not necessarily working right here in the country, but taking her Kiwi sensibility to, in this case, Australia. Uh, Claire Von Bake, Daniel. <laughs> and Calvin Sang, the director of Love Is Real, our musical. Robin Grace, the director of Oranges and Lemons. And finally, Anna Duckworth, director of Pain. A lot of Fano in the house, great. Um, uh, as a, yeah, just really beautiful films. Thank you all for making, for contributing. I think they also really worked as a sort of journey arc for an audience. Just all the collection worked really, really well. So that's thanks to you, but also thanks to Twisty who chose them. He put them in that order so you'd experience that. So that's his his curation, the order of it. Luckily, we had a musical after Daniel, for example. <laughs> Yeah, congratulations to all of you. Look, just, just really quickly, um, and then we'll take questions from you guys, of course. Um, Sian, uh, Daddy's Girl, uh, uh, thank you. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> That's going to be really helpful. Um, thanks, Steph. Um, a beautiful story about aging and coming to terms with aging. Um, a, a personal story there for you? Oh, hello. Tēnā rā tātou. Um, I te tuatahi me mihi ka tika ki tō tātou kaiwhakarite um, and me mihi ano hoki ki a koutou. Um, I just, well, he uri tēnei no te arua waka no Ngāti Putākinga. I just want to really, um, really quickly acknowledge Fred Renata, who's in the house. He, he was the DOP, and Annie Collins, 
um, they're my mentors for this film. So yeah, kia ora, kia ora kōrua. Um, like, yeah. Um, so yes, very personal film. Um, in short, my queer passed away of um, Alzheimer's and in her dying days, um, just in her sort of final hour, she reverted to te reo. So um, it was, there's truth there and also um, my father shows signs of early onset and I'm very close with him. So yeah, personal story and I think um, scary telling it, but there's, there's no other way I can tell story that I have to tell them from my heart. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> Be an interesting journey, hey. <laughs> Thank you for, yeah, thanks for sharing that. You feel it's from the heart. It touched me because I have a similar story in my own family. So it's a, it's a really lot of beautiful. Do. It was a shock. We all do. Yeah. And here, yeah. Um, safety net. What a great set of characters you've devised. Um, what, was the, what was the birth of that story? Because it's, it's quite a unique situation. What happens to a child when their mother or their parent or their carer is taken into custody? I mean, it's a unique story to play. Yeah, um, so it, it came about in a couple of ways. It's my first film, but I have worked with the writer, Julian Lanark, a lot um, and uh, in theatre work that I've done. And I read everything that he writes. Um, and Julian had a very good friend who was a primary school teacher and basically was Mrs. Richards. So she got a call one night saying that a student of hers uh, was going to be put into foster care and he wanted to live with her. Um, Julian had sent me an early version of the script and um, he hadn't written the character of Terry as a young man with disability, but I grew up with disability and medication is amazing these days, but I had a really tough time with a lot of physical pain when I was a child. And I looked at at Terry and I just felt like that kid was me uh, because I was always so vocally forward and full of um, full of coping strategies just like that kid and I used humor and I I knew how to talk to adults in a way to kind of get around the situations I would find myself in and um, Julian had written this moment of a child jumping on a bed and I thought no I need that to mean something I need that to cost something so we sat down and we reimagined what those characters could be um, and I just I really wanted to bring that lens to it to cost the child more and um, and also to bring out his vulnerability because often children are put in guardian care with in motel rooms which seems so alien to go to a motel room with a stranger but that happens more often when they are children who are considered vulnerable and too vulnerable to go into group homes so um, it it evolved slowly, but it's also very much rooted in a lot of, of reality, yeah. So you took the source material from your writer and then just put Yeah, put a lot of myself in it. In it. Yeah. Did you discover things with that young actor? He seemed extraordinary. Yeah, he's wonderful. Um, I did. Um, you know, he, um, he lives with cerebral palsy and this was his first film. Um, and he turned 13 on the first day of shooting, which is pretty great. Um, Look, he, um, we did discover new things. The physical world of the film was both harder and easier. Um, we originally wanted to, we were looking for a, car, a child with diplegia. He has hemiplegia, so that made getting up and down off the bed harder. Um, it was a really long day for him. It was a really long day. Um, but, you know, he was, he was pretty remarkable, and uh, like a shout out to mums, because his mother was completely remarkable. Um, 
we had to fudge some of that stuff with him talking about his mum because, you know, the beautiful thing is that that kid actually can't imagine his mum not being 100% available to him at all all times, which is wonderful. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we did, we did discover a lot. And um, shout out to Chris Plummer, who was Kiwi, who was my editor, uh, who's worked a lot with kids too. And um, I kind of was really clear with Chris that I wanted to have a really rough and ready process and I was going to be quite playful as much as we could in the time allowed just to get the performance that I, I wanted. Um, and so we, you know, we tried to play as much as we could and I had a beautiful, fun cast, particularly Stevie Rogers, who plays Brian, is just actually the nicest person on the planet, you'll be surprised to hear. <laughs> but he has, he has a young son, so uh, we did a lot of play fighting in that room. And um, I don't think I ever managed to call cut without the first thing Stevie did was look William in the eye and smile. So that was kind of beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's beautifully composed, the balance between all three characters that you suggested. Thanks. Claire. Um, New Zealand has a tradition of really dark stories, launching talents, <laughs> launching talents in, into, into the stratosphere. And this film, I believe, was in competition at the Toronto Film Festival already last year. No, that would have been really cool, but no. no. Okay. Um, <laughs> I need to get my research. <laughs> totally fine. Um, Melbourne was our premiere, and then Melbourne. earlier this year we were at Clermont-Ferrand in France. Ah, Clermont-Ferrand, great. Which is the Cannes Film Festival of short films, by the way. It's the, one it's the great fil film festival for shorts. Um, congratulations on that. Um, yeah, I'm a little afraid to ask, where does this story <laughs> come from? <laughs> sure, uh, cool. Um, a couple of things. Um, Partly from, um, so my dad grew up Catholic and he doesn't have any terrible stories. He has really amazing stories of gro growing up in the Catholic church and of how as a child he felt so bathed in this like amazing pure white light and it was the most amazing feeling. But as an adult and as puberty and everything sets in, you know, that starts to go away and he's never found that again. And even he turned 70 last year as a 70 year old, he's still trying to find that feeling that he had as a child, which I found quite upsetting to hear. And so I was just interested in if there was a character who felt like their world was starting to slip away and that, that safety was slipping away, what would happen? Um, along with that is I had this, I'm not sure if it was like a dream or an image of just this woman on a beach actually who was just like very emotional and smashing something in a bag. And I just went back from that and worked out the kind of steps into that. And I just had these, the more research I did in terms of the lizard and and you know, then they, there's locusts, and so I started actually breeding locusts at my house and um, <laughs> for the film and just learning about their life cycle of the, um, you know, the adult nymph egg and the relationship with the father, son, Holy Spirit, all these kind of things tied in. Um, and I was just really also interested in, of course, you know, exploring female sexuality, you know, what does that mean to me, what does that mean to our protagonist, and um, yeah, I just get a little bit tired sometimes of how females can get represented on screen and I just wanted to put a little different spin on that. Yeah. And if I can also quickly just say, just acknowledge that we had Nancy Brunning in our film, um, who, yeah, should give her a clap. Um, and, um, you know, we had an amazing time shooting this film. We, were sh we shot in Featherston. Um, you know, this is a low, low budget, as we all know, filmmaking is really, really hard. But thanks to um, 
special shout out to Alex Whitaker, the producer. You know, we had this, we all stayed together at Farum House, which is an old boarding house in Wellington. And um, Nancy was there with us. We laughed. We had a really good time. So I just want to acknowledge her presence in the film and thanks to the cast and crew. Thank you. Thanks. Um, Calvin. Hello. A musical. Hi. Fantastic. Yeah, musical. Thank you. Are you like a secret Glee fan or how did, how did this come about? How did yeah, you end I mean, up making a musical? Yeah, typically I'm not even a big fan of musicals, but we got forced to do one not long ago as part of 48 Hours because it's the category and I want, want to get. So it's the 48 Hour Film... 48 Hours Film Festival, yeah. Right. yeah where you, where you make a film genre. in 48 Hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got given musicals so we were forced to do one. And it wasn't actually too bad and I wanted to sort of revisit it and spend more time doing it. Um, so it was a really fun process taking our time with it and really sort of rehearsing all the choreography and the music and finding the location and the set and all that coming together. And we had such a fantastic team some of you guys are here today, so thank you so much. Um, really, really fun process putting that all together. Um, the whole film was shot um, in an Airbnb that we just, we did tell them that we were filming, they were going to trash it. <laughs> they were okay with it. Um, but we blacked out the windows and just basically just shot over three days. Um, Can I just ask, how did the Alexa element come in? Yeah, we, we've, we've got one of those at the office that we use to play Spotify and check the weather and the time and that sort of thing. And it, it's quite convenient, but sometimes it's quite freaky as well because sometimes it'll just go off when you're like, you're just talking and it'll go, and you're like, oh, I wasn't, are you, are you, are you kind of trying to join this conversation as well? <laughs> um, so yeah, we were basically bringing that as a character into the story, which was a really fun element. Our producer, Brian, who's at the back there, did the voice for, for Ada. Um, excellent American accent. Um, but yeah, I'm very aware how silly the film is after watching it with all your guys' film. <laughs> it's, it's, it stands out quite a bit. It's, um, it's okay, we're also famous here silly. for our comedies in this country. Mm. So you're in, good, you're in good shape. You're in great company. There are Thank great you. predecessors for your work as well. Don't worry. Thank you. Um, Robin. Oranges hello. and Lemons, this has got to be a story of your childhood. It's so, it's so <laughs> well remembered, the detail of that childhood, which I think we're you know, in the same sort of generation there. Yeah. Um, yeah, the 70s evoked so beautifully. Yeah, it's, it is a memory from my childhood, and um, my older sister's in here somewhere, not there. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we grew up on a farm, rural New Zealand, and we had to walk to school every day. And it didn't, uh, you could be uh, half dead and you'd still have to walk to school because um, that was just the rules. Um, and the, the bully was actually the daughter of um, some people that worked for us on the farm, and I wasn't allowed to walk with them every day. The ending isn't real, that didn't happen. Um, I wish that it did, I wish I thought of it then, uh, but it took me sort of into my mid 40s to figure out that ending. I thought that was it. <laughs> Um, but the bird man was real. I did find him in the paddock one day and he gave me a packet of sparkles and just chatted to me and it was quite, it's, it's sort of the revelation of no one else, no other adults talking to her and this guy that was potentially frightening and everyone expects him to be frightening um, to actually give her a voice and, and I, I, yeah, I just, I remember it, like he just chatted to me and I just, it was, it was just amazing. It was just because I'd been left behind in the paddock and this bloke just talked to me and it sort of changed my perception as a young girl about 
yeah, about what you expect and 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 what you can achieve. And so yeah, there's that moment in the kitchen of, Mum, you too can get out of bed. <laughs> thank you. That really, thank you. It, it was just a. It's like a time. It's like going into a time machine. Amazing. Yeah, it was fun to find all of that stuff. That uh, that orange lunchbox, the yellow lunchbox. Sorry, is actually mine from my childhood. I found it in uh, the cupboard, in the farmhouse, on my hands and knees. Found the lunchbox, so it's really mine. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much. Anna, an intense relationship of a little girl and her dad, like super, super intense. Um, there's like daddy's girl on both ends of this in terms of storytelling. Um, tell us a little bit about that, that girl. Is she you? Um, it's, it's based on an experience I had in childhood. Um, I think it came to me around the time that I was transitioning into being a parent and thinking about parenthood from both sides. Um, and that moment really stood out to me, the idea of the first time that you see your parents cry or the first time you see them hurt and what it means to you that they used to be this god, this hero, this like superhuman entity. And the first time that you realize that they have flaws and fears and feelings and, you know, when you become a parent yourself, you realize, well, they just don't know what they're doing and they're just doing their best. <laughs> Um, and I think I was also really interested in showing a child's perspective. I think children are like the ultimate scientists and experimenters and just trying to figure out how the world works with the information that they have and just the thought processes that going into trying to understand something when your worldview changes a little bit. Or, or the veil of mystery is lifted suddenly, yeah. I mean, I just want to say before I, I, I open the room to questions, um, the performances throughout each of these films are like are just exceptionally, exceptionally high, especially many of you working with children who are notoriously like complicated, but also notoriously wonderful when you capture those performances. So all of you, um, you know, for all adult and child performances, incredible. Like round of applause for the cast, really. <laughs> If any of you are here today from the cast and crew, really great, great work. Thank you for sharing your talents with us as well. Um, yeah, let's take questions from the room. Uh, do we have mics? Yes, we have mics available. Just put your hand up. Someone will run over with a mic. Um, kia ora koutou. Uh, this is a question specifically for, yeah, uh, for Daddy's girl. Um, Sian. Oh, Sian, yeah, thank you. I'm Sian Elisa, that's my name. I was his wife. What does it mean to see, um, yeah, that, that film hit me powerfully, by the way, <laughs> um, as people in the road with me at least heard. <laughs> um, what does it mean to see such a tangata whenua story of that really important relationship between, um, you know, your papa and, and, and you on such a big platform? Like, what does that mean to you? Can you go into that? Yeah, Kilda. I, I just want to say I was sitting just in front of you, and you are a vibe, girlfriend. So thank you <laughs> for just making. I was just like, will anyone? Because this is my first film. I've 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 never um, seen it. The biggest screen I've seen it on is Annie's. I think. Oh no, no post Actic Reed Studio. Um, 
and I was like, whoa, so on the big screen, and it was like, really cool. But thank you for your question. Um, yeah, so when I set out to write Daddy's Girl, I knew I wanted to write in te reo, and I wanted to explore the reo in a modern context and not comment on it being in the reo. Um, I didn't want it to be pre-colonial or um, um, pre-European, uh, and I didn't want it to be about a film in the reo, because where I'm been born and raised and where I live, um, the reo is spoken inga wa katoa, ahakoa daha, and it's not really commented on. So for me, that's a statement in terms of normalization. Um, and actually, I spoke to, I'm doing um, a kotapa called Film Up at the moment, and one of my colleagues said, is it in the reo? Uh, Vanessa. And I said, yeah. And she said, I, di I didn't even notice that it was in te reo. I was like, choice, because that was what I was aiming for. Um, in saying that, I was stoked it made best because, you know, like it's just um, amazing to be alongside these incredible um, makers, um, but also to see the reo and, um, you know, kiriata tangata whenua in, in a space um, alongside, you know, what is deemed to be best. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of my journey with it. And, and for me, you know, te matatau, te kōrero Māori, I'm not um, what you'd call an expert by any means. And actually, I've said to my friends who've, I'm like, oh, some of my real Māori expert friends, I'm like, guys, there's a couple of keys missing, and there's a word that's like, you know, I would have probably spent more time on it. But they're like, it's fine, because it's actually a demonstration of me as well, growing in my real, um, you know, in, in this medium. And actually, everything I've done so far, when I reflect on it, has only been in the real. So I'm just so grateful for that. Thank you for that, Tata. Kia ora. Thank you. Oh, yeah, just one last question, quickly. There it is. Hey, here, Nelly. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that, and you recognize that as part of our kopapa here at the festival. Thank you. Um, now we have the bit that they've all been waiting for, which is the awards are about to be given. So I'm going to invite on stage Petra Brett Kelly to join me. Kia ora koutou. Um, shall I begin? I think I should yeah. begin. Shall we begin? Petra Bear Kelly, of course, is a renowned New Zealand filmmaker. She was on a terrific jury. Thank you, and may I have an award myself to give? Um, an amazing jury that included Kerry Fox, New Zealand actress, 
uh, who I'm sure you all know, um, Olivia Stewart, who you will get to know more about. She's a producer from the UK who produced most of Terence Davies' films. Uh, we had Petra. We had Briar Grace Smith, of course, marvelous filmmaker. Woo, Briar! She's not here today, but here in spirit. And Luke Murray from uh, Mad from Madman Entertainment, who uh, awards one of the awards now. Luke's not here, so I have the honor of awarding the Madman Emerging Talent Award. Uh, I have a, a few words from the jury as a whole before we present the first award. Original voice and the courage to be true to it and the full use of all aspects of cinema rather than just relying on plot and performance informed our choice for the two short film awards. So, New Zealand's best Madman Entertainment Emerging Talent Award goes to Daniel by Claire Von Baek. The jury, that's just here. The jury would like to say the film was unusual, inventive, surprising, beautifully photographed and edited. It achieves a simmering intensity and reveals a strong director's vision. Congratulations. And the award comes with $2,000. Um, first of all, I want to thank all the filmmakers. I mean, it's an amazing thing to see it as a collection, but to, for also, you've provided an opportunity for me to have this wonderful discussion yesterday morning with Kerry Fox in London, Olivia, who was in Italy, and then through other medium um, with uh, Briar and Luke. So thank you, guys. Amazing work, and what we all felt was the risks that you took, and, you know, as a filmmaker myself, Keep going with the risk. Walk towards the fear because then you will continue to produce amazing work. So, yeah, welcome. Um, and so we wanted to give the um, Creative New Zealand Best Short Film Award, which is $4,000. Um, this film, while evoking beautifully the world and anxieties of childhood, both in visual detail and performance, demonstrates a courage to resist sensationalism and predictability while at the same time challenging, in a subtle and gentle way, our conditioned assumptions about human behavior. We give this award to Robin and Oranges and Lemons. Robin, con congratulations, really, congratulations to all of you. Thank you for making our New Zealand's best the best. It's been really amazing. Thank you, audience. Now, one thing before you all leave, this is my last duty. When you walk out the door, you'll be given this slip of paper. It has each film, ra uh, it has each film. We need you to vote because the audience award, which will be given at the end of next week, will be comprised of your votes, online voting, votes from subsequent screenings of these films, I, I believe in the Wellington screening, but also it represents the audience award, so you could all still win one of these, 
<laughs> um, is 25% of the box office of all the screenings and the online screenings of this collection of films. So don't forget to vote. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget to vote, and we need you to really precisely order the films in from your favorite to number six, so all the way up and down. So you choose it. That's your job next. Thank you all so much. New Zealand's best 2020.